0: What happens when you take America's ultimate hero and put him into the nefarious world of magic? Let's just say it's magic.
1: This is where
2: I get off.
0: Today I'm WatchBob!
2: I'm walking here.
3: <laughs> Come get a slice, huh?
2: Classic Brooklyn slice. happening, everybody. Welcome to WatchBots, a true Brooklyn original. This is Ben. I'm joined by Shalyn. Hello. How you doing?
3: I think you mean to say hello.
0: (laughs) Hello. It's a bad impression. I'm sorry.
2: It's a good impression of a Brooklynite. (laughs) And by
3: Dave. I had a dream last night. Okay. It was about the movie Jaws. But if Jaws were animated uh, and there was like a Saturday morning cartoon about Mm -hmm. Jaws, like the the first Jaws movie, and like Richard Dreyfus kind of looked like Shaggy and Roy Scheider kind of looked like Johnny Quest's dad, but without a beard. Mm -hmm. Um, It was an amazing dream. And I just thought (laughs) I had, you know, I had to share it here. Very strange that I dreamt that. It wasn't Jabberjaw, the the Hanna-Barbera shark. This was Jaws, right? And like people were dying and getting chewed, but like it was like Hanna-Barbera animated the movie Jaws, like in a Scooby-Doo right. fashion.
0: Are it, we sure this doesn't exist? Because it sounds I delightful. I had to
3: Google it to make sure. It reminded me of the Godzilla cartoons they were on, like, you know, Godzilla does destroying all these buildings and killing all these people. Um, and then they have this Saturday morning cartoon where he's like helping kids solve mysteries and crimes and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It's, Bananas to think like they took that IP and made it into a a, a kid friendly cartoon.
2: Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Like, what do they do every episode? You know, are they always chasing down that shark? Like, is the shark a Cobra Commander type, or is the shark kind of a, a background thing? And I it's don't know. the adventures of uh, Quint and the crew.
0: See, I would watch that Adventures of Quint.
3: I'd venture to guess that Jaws, you know, in this cartoon, Jaws teams up. With Quint and Hooper mm. and, and, and Brody, like, and mm-hmm. he becomes, like, their Scooby or their Dino, right? He's, like, their pet shark, and he helps them, like, I don't know, stop pirates.
0: I just need to pause you for a second and remind you of your casual sexism here. Jaws is a lady. Oh. She has babies. Yeah.
3: She will help them stop pirates. Mm-hmm. And exactly. like Thank And, you. like, treasure hunters on the coast of Cape Cod Islands.
2: <laughs> see and the interesting thing to me here is you know you mentioned this concept and i immediately thought that quint kind of looks like a classic scooby-doo villain you know what i mean like true. i can yeah. totally see you know he passes out he's had too many narragansetts on the boat and they pull his mask off and it's, it's that goddamn 49er. mr Carruthers.
3: it's actually the mayor <laughs> <laughs> they, they pull the fake beard off like, yeah, I would have done it again too. I would open those beaches up again too if I if it weren't for that shark and those and those pesky kids. And that pesky drunk sailor.
1: <laughs>
2: a flimsy cartoon based off of a summer blockbuster series, I just I don't see it. I don't see
3: it happening. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: too much to be believed.
3: So what are we talking about today?
2: Folks, we visited a cartoon back in 2018, and that's a long time ago an extra long time ago. That cartoon was Rambo, the force of freedom. And I don't want to overstate things at all. Would never do that. But that cartoon and going through it was one of the most joyous days of my life. (laughs) Um, And as we near the end of summer here, you know, we're gearing up for school and for cooler weather and hoodie weather and all that bullshit. I thought, you know, It's been a couple years. It's time to revisit John Rambo and the gang.
0: I was so excited when you sent the link for this episode that we were coming back to it. And after watching the cartoon, I'm still excited about it. It's a delight.
3: I clapped like you sent it. I put my phone down and just went, boom. Yes, this is this is great. I'm glad we should do this. We should do this every episode. Every episode is now a Rambo force of freedom.
2: I mean, there are 65 of them, so there's plenty to go through. So we talked about this way back when, but this is a cartoon about Rambo, and it's the evolution of John Rambo from a PTSD-ridden fugitive in a small town to roided up jacked guy saving POWs out of Vietnam to an old hulking caricature. Like That evolution in and of itself is is crazy, and then you come to this where he's like a dude fighting cobra <laughs> that, that's that's the evolution of this character and it just it kind of works and since we last discussed rambo in 2018 rambo evolved again with the mo- the 2019 film rambo last blood which i've never seen I've seen all the rambo canon except for rambo last blood yeah I so understand. i snuck
0: it in last night mm-hmm. and i want to let you guys know they heard our episode from 2018 and read the show notes for today. Sure. And uh, it's actually just this episode, but in live action <laughs> <Okay>. form.
2: <laughs> it's surprising then that it, it ranks such a high 28% on the old tomato mamamometer. Source rotten It's the shocking thing.
3: I think it's him versus the Mexican cartel in that one. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: If it's anything just like the singular
3: Rambo, it got to be a winner.
2: It's true. You got Rambo disemboweling a pedophile, which is good on him, mowing down, you know, Asians in some unnamed country with a mounted gun.
3: Yeah. If you, liked, if you liked the other Rambos where he's running around and like setting up traps and things looking really life and like, you know, energetic. This one, you know, the fourth Rambo, he just kind of sits in the back of a truck and just shoots people with a, a big stationary gun. It's fun.
2: It's actually a similar arc to Rocky, right? Yeah. Where, <laughs> you know, think about Rocky one where he's there, he's in decent shape, but he's, he's got his speed and his wits and his, his grip. And then you get to like Rambo two and three and especially Rambo four. And you're like, Holy shit, this guy is jacked to the gills. And then you get to Rocky Balboa and Creed. And it's like, Oh, he's, he's old. He ain't moving around very good anymore. (laughs) Like Rambo, same exact character progression. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The movies just follow Sly Stallone's life and then kind (laughs) of paint a a Rambo or Rocky facade onto
1: Mm -hmm. it.
0: Not enough training montages in the Rambo films. That's why Rocky is superior in my mind.
2: (laughs) But you take the cop killing and the POW saving and the fucking explosive bow and arrow and you animate it. And the only group that could animate it are the fine folks at Ruby Spears. Yeah! So Ruby Spears, we've talked about, founded by two Scooby-Doo Where Are You writers. And they're really the masters of licensed schlock, right? So they did the Mr. T cartoon, the Dragon's Lair cartoon, Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, and on and on and on and on. One of the directors behind Rambo, The Force of Freedom, is this guy Charles Nichols, who is notable. Not only for being in animation since fucking Pinocchio, but also for being the main villain in The Fugitive. I don't know if you knew that. <sighs> Made Pervasic. So I've
0: heard.
2: <laughs> you switched the <laughs> samples. <laughs> so you could have Pervasic. <laughs> the Wikipedia page for this show is particularly funny because... It lists that the cartoon is based off of First Blood, and like that's just patently untrue and ridiculous, right? <laughs> no, it's a it's
0: it's Rambo and his shirt is off. What else do you need to base a cartoon around?
2: I mean, that's true. That's pretty much it. For folks who weren't with us in 2018, and if you weren't, uh, welcome to the party, pal. This has got Rambo, of course. It's got Colonel Troutman. So Rambo's, you know, his handler, his. Commanding officer, as it were,
3: portrayed in the live-action films by Richard Crenna.
2: Exactly. Yes. So you got those two characters, but they're joined by a few new characters. You got White Dragon, the heroic ninja. TD Touchdown Jackson, Chief. You also got Edward Turbo Hayes, who's he's the wheelman, and you got KAT Cat Catherine Ann Taylor, master of martial arts disguises and gymnastics, that, my friends, is the force of freedom.
3: Then you've got the ghost of Brian Dennehy, who haunts them, <laughs> like Slimer, who haunts the Ghostbusters. But he's like a lovable ghost. so he's, yeah, he's benevolent. He's, yeah. like, he's like
2: Obi-Wan Kenobi's force ghost. Right, right. And the force of freedom are officially sanctioned by someone, because we see in the episode we're going to talk about here that... They're at the Pentagon, for God's sake. Are
3: they a branch what of do the military?
2: Apparently.
0: So I have... This been, is a
2: Blackwater situation?
0: I've <laughs> been thinking about this long and hard. PMO? And my, my best assessment is that in the official military documentation or the government documentation, they are consultants. Okay. Because it's vague. Sure. And as we learn in the cartoon, they are not officially part of the armed services. Mm-hmm. So I think... They're consultants to the Pentagon because of their experiences fighting terrorists? Question mark.
2: <laughs> well, terrorists is the key word here because the Force of Freedom they go and they do their thing, right? And their foes here are the venerable terrorist organization multinational called Savage, which stands for Specialist Administrators of Vengeance, Anarchy, and Global Extortion, and they are led by the reflective, sunglasses-wearing General Warhawk. Cool. And they had their own whole cast of characters. The one I'll I'll mention here in particular is Nomad, who is described on Wikipedia as a Bernouce-wearing Middle Eastern member of Savage. He was a wandering nomadic warrior that calls no country his home. And I only mention that because he also has no lines in the episode, and he just kind of walks around. So we'll talk about Nomad. I wanted to give a picture, but... The episode provides no context for him. So <laughs> there's
0: like, literally nothing about him that we like it was important
2: to do it here. If
3: I recall from the first episode we watched from Rambo, no context was given to the other racial stereotypes.
2: <laughs> yes, stereotypes <laughs> abound here. Yeah. The real beauty of Rambo the Force of Freedom is that it's ridiculous. It knows it's ridiculous, and it knows that you know it's ridiculous. And it just does it? It leans into it. I think it does. Are you sure? I am, and let me let me tell you about some of the gems here right. that we we haven't talked about, and some that we have. So, some of the pl- the plots here are Savage kidnapping the next Dalai Lama, Savage blowing up the Hoover Dam, except it's not called the Hoover Dam for some reason. Hmm. Savage blowing up the Suez Canal, Savage stealing a sacred white rhinoceros, s- Savage teaming with pirates, presumably to steal something.
3: Probably savage treasure working- hunting off the coast of Cape Cod,
2: perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> Savage working with the Count, who is definitely not Dracula, to kidnap the president. Savage mind-controlling a killer whale.
0: Oh, I dig that. Savage
2: stealing the world's fastest racehorse. Savage trying to kidnap kids at the World Peace Conference. Savage working with cattle rustlers. Savage invading the golden city of El Dorado. Savage kidnapping Rambo's old friend, Chris Kaufman, who's a former rocket scientist turned toy maker for an orphanage. That goes around his village on Christmas dressed as Santa Claus.
0: That is the most specific characterization sure. that this cartoon Chris has.
3: Wasn't Chris Kaufman's son Johnny who got addicted to drugs?
1: Johnny.
2: <laughs> no, his son was Andy, the uh, the famous late comedian.
3: Oh, right, right. His other son was <laughs> Charlie, the um,
2: you know the postmodern screenwriter. Yeah. Just put that one out there. You had Savage trying to steal a new medical laser that was on a train from Cleveland to St. Louis. You have Rambo getting blinded in a fight with Savage and then regaining his sight with the help of a blind person. Savage making a monster island.
0: Can we go back a step?
2: Rambo going undercover to play football. Savage making a robot shapeshifter. Rambo and the team beating the Loch Ness Monster in our Ooh. the famous D- Don't Do Drugs episode.
0: If the blind person was able to teach him to see again, mm-hmm. why were they still blind?
2: So Rambo was blinded in battle. You know, I assume it was a flashbang grenade, perhaps, not permanent. So how did the if blind the blind guy...
0: person knows how to do it? How do they know how to do it? But they're still blind. I didn't
2: watch the fucking show, Shailen. I've read a bunch of things that I thought were funny.
0: I like the Loch Ness Monster concept. Yeah, I bet
2: you do. Separate from Monster Island, though. Right. And separate, there, there were several like monster episodes.
0: Like Dracula. I mean, the Count, who's definitely not Dracula.
3: I thought it was like a Count of Monte Cristo thing. So the Count okay. of Monte Rambo. Rambo.
2: His power was making delicious deep fried sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about any of those. At least not in any great detail. The episode that we are talking about here is Mephisto's magic. And... <laughs> Was written by a gentleman named Rauby Gorin. Now, we've talked about Rauby Gorin in the past. He's written for a million cartoons. Have He's we? written, we have, for Laughing.
3: I feel like I would have remembered that name. He's
2: written for, he got an Emmy for Hollywood Squares. But, you know, what we talked about him for is that he has written for a lot of Shopify sites, according to his Wikipedia page.
3: Oh, we have talked about that name. Yes.
2: Okay. I did a little more research. Rauby's official website is Raubyville.com. If, if, folks are interested in that. Oh, he looks like, like a fun that. dude. <laughs> it's got a copyright line of 2012 to 2015, so maybe a bit out of date, but Rauby writes a story about the time he met Stan Laurel of, from Laurel and Hardy. Got a lot of pictures of him making ridiculous faces, and he posts YouTube videos that are mostly him mumbling, and it looks like they're chewing on something. So just for a little taste, this is called Rauby's Detour uh, on Raubyville.com. There's also So. We'll just play him.
1: I'll
2: narrate it. It's him making a horrifying I'm face.
4: Go movie.
2: Yep. He's chewing on an we can apple, go, um, making oh, slurp noises.
4: Remember when we did that? Uh, we'll hey help you. I look forward to assisting you. Now he's
2: floating into electrical wires. It's like one of those. YouTube kids videos that ostensibly are made for kids, but you look at it and you're like, there's some subliminal messaging going on. This is, this is a fucking mess.
0: How so. close to Mark Wiener is this man? Because that website it's reeks a good of question.
2: Wienerville. He does have a puppet as well, so maybe they came from the same school of comedy. I don't okay.
3: Know. Reeks I don't know. of Wienerville. What does Wienerville smell like?
0: It's bad. <laughs> it's a bad smell, Dave. Taint. Oh, oh gross.
2: Hot dog See, to water. Yeah, I, I would say grapes and scrambled eggs.
0: Lukewarm hot dog water at the end of the Red Sox game at Fenway mm-hmm. after they fish the rat out.
3: It smells like van exhaust siphoned back into the car where Mark Wiener is just slowly killing himself.
0: It smells like whatever the bushes smell like outside of Dave's window where Mark Wiener is <laughs> 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 crouching, waiting for his vengeance.
3: I'm so alone.
2: <laughs> you know, 1986 was the year that Mark Wiener invented Boney. 1986 was also the year of broadcast for Rambo, the Force of Freedom. And this particular episode aired on October 16th, 1986.
0: What else was going on back then, Ben? Mm,
3: yeah, ben great question. Drop back that bow, launch some context <laughs> at us. Boney. Ah.
1: Huh?
3: Ramboni. Ooh, what were we seeing?
2: It's contextual feeling. 1986 was the year of the Chernobyl accident. All right. We were six months post Chernobyl. And who knew when that happened that 30 years later, they'd make a HBO show that people seem to enjoy about <laughs> Chernobyl. Weird, huh?
3: Man, this disaster is great to watch. <laughs>
2: 1986, October 1986 in particular, also the first showing of Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera.
0: That is crazy.
2: The most erotic piece of art we've ever had.
0: I don't know if that's accurate. I
3: think it is.
2: Is there a
0: fucking in that play?
2: <laughs> I've never seen it. It's full frontal. Thanks. So. Yeah, yeah.
3: And he's got like his, his like dick's like just got like half a covering on it.
2: It's got the mask on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 H- half a Jimmy.
0: Gross doesn't work when you slice it in half either, I'm told.
2: Top movies in the box office here. Number one, everybody's favorite, Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) At the height of his powers, Linda Kozlowski in that bikini. My goodness.
0: Hachi machi.
2: That's right. Number two movie, Peggy Sue Got Married, the Francis Ford Coppola movie that starred Kathleen Turner as a woman on the verge of a divorce who finds herself transported back to the days of her senior year in high school. Francis Ford Coppola, weird filmography on that guy.
3: Yeah. Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Jack.
2: (laughs) Jack is my favorite.
0: I didn't realize that was his movie. (laughs) That's right. Well, all right. Strange guy. I was going to say that I met the real Peggy Sue that the song was about.
1: Whoa.
2: Did you? Holy fuck. I did. I'm clearing my calendar. Tell me this story. Was what was she like? Was she gracious?
0: No, she was lovely. Oh, it was great. very much like a. Oh, you're eating a cinnamon bun too. I also enjoy cinnamon buns. Nice to meet you. Okay, bye. Was it at, was
2: a, it cinnabon? at a cinnabon? Yeah. No, exactly.
0: it was at a diner in Clear Lake, Iowa, outside of where the like it's down the street from the Clear Lake the ballroom where. Well, okay, yeah. Buddy Holly died. <laughs> yeah. Leaving. yeah,
3: right, right. The um, of course the old Buddy Holly diner.
2: You know, no, Clear, it's not called... Clear Lake famous for two things. The Buddy Holly Fats Domino crash site and a sick-ass cinnamon bun.
0: Okay, Fats Domino wasn't part of that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. What, what it does fa-
2: matter. What fat guy was part of it? It was a fat guy. Chuck Berry?
0: The Big Bopper.
2: Was Chuck Berry And there?
0: Richie Valens.
2: Yeah, La Bamba. We, we, that movie's been told. All, that the, all the dishes
3: in that diner were named after the, the people that died in that crash.
0: No, they're not, but the people who own the diner are lovely, wonderful people.
2: Yeah, the uh, it was the cinnamon Bundy Holly.
0: <laughs> they were really sweet and got me grilled shrimp because I don't who, who eat meat.
2: Was, who was sweet? What are you talking about? The, the people Peggy who Sue? owned
0: the place that made the cinnamon buns. Peggy Sue? No, she was just visiting. How did you know it was her? I wouldn't she have known. Because I was on. there for the Buddy Holly Festival, and the people who were there knew her.
3: Wait, <laughs> You were there for a Buddy Holly festival.
0: How, How has this never come up in all of our years of friendship? How yes, my leads, senior year of bury? high school. <laughs> I flew to Iowa in January um, or February. No, it was February of my senior year of high school. And I went to the music festival and I ate the food. And I had mononucleosis so severely that I passed out while Nelson played, and Ooh. my dad had to bring me back to the hotel room and was trying to decide if I needed to go to the ER.
2: Were you kissing a few too many cinnamon buns out there?
0: Nope. The girl who had the locker next to me uh, coughed all over me one day, and as it turns out, she also had mononucleosis. Was she kissing a few
2: too many cinnamon
0: buns, perhaps? Yes, obviously.
3: Smooching some uh, Buddy Holly uh, cosplayers there? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mono doesn't manifest that quickly. You were like,
3: ooh ee I'm going to kiss this buddy Holly. <laughs> I believe you meant
2: to say mono doesn't manifest
0: that huh. quickly. Yeah, I did. Yeah.
3: But you flew to Iowa, and when you were flying there, did you just like stand on the wing of the jet? Much no. like, Much like our hero Rambo did?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I That's wish coming. I could have, but I was too exhausted on account of the mono.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mono will take your wing-walking abilities right, yeah. right out of That's here. Some so... Let's get away from, you know, Shaylin's magical world of plane crashes and cinnamon puns and into the magical world of John Rambo. Good God.
1: Rambo.
4: Everywhere, the savage forces of General Warhawk threaten the peace-loving people of the world. There's only one man to call. Get me Rambo. From the canyons of skyscrapers to the canyons of remote mountain peaks, Liberty's champion is unstoppable. Rambo, helped by the mechanical genius known as Turbo, Master of Disguises named Cat, the honor bound protector of the
2: innocent, Rambo,
4: the force of freedom.
2: Yeah, so that's still as epic as I remembered. It's still the Jerry Goldsmith theme of the movie. <laughs> it's still got the video synced up when they say, Get me Rambo. It's like it's synced up to Troutman's mouth saying it, even though it's not actually Troutman saying it. It's a delightful time.
0: I hope that someday I will be known as the champion for something.
2: What about Liberty's champion?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Rambo already has that covered, but like, could I be like sweet fluffy kitten champion or something? Like, I could like be, fluffy no. kittens. Peggy Sue champion? Maybe. Maybe.
2: Smooching disease champion? Yeah.
0: No, definitely not that one. Yep. I survived it. The champion of it would be dead. For having it so good. Not sure about that logic.
2: (laughs) I still enjoy in the intro where there's just a family being held at gunpoint by Savage.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This R-rated movie has become a cartoon, but it's still going to show these awful scenes of violence.
2: It's true. There's a grotting, Rambo's blowing up helicopters.
0: How else are kids going to know he's the villain? You know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's important. I like,
2: too, that this show sticks with the title card, right? You know, some shows have the title card. They give you some of the credits. Some don't. Rambo gives it to you, and everything's red, white, and blue, and it's just this picture of Rambo. And the thing to note here is that the art on this show is not really great, and so Rambo here— Looks more akin to, like, 2021 Stallone than, like, 1986 <laughs> Stallone. Like, he looks very, like, wrinkly and saggy. He's, it's bro- not, he's
3: still broad, but, like. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's, like, weathered.
0: Can I submit a fan theory?
2: Sure. Absolutely. I think that
0: the animation team is time travelers, and they were okay. predicting the future for the rest of us okay. so that we would be prepared for future Rambo. All right. I'll buy it. The shock would have been they
3: too were great like, we, saw, we saw the fourth Rambo. Let's draw that. (laughs) We got to go with that.
0: We have to warn the future. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody listened. So the show
2: starts off doing this little weird tease, right? And Turbo's like, this is the weirdest mission ever. And like, they're flying around in a plane and you're like, what's going on here?
4: Yeah, I see it. But nobody's going to steal the Liberty Bell as long as the force of freedom is around.
2: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. And (laughs) they show show Savage's plane, and it's a big plane, and suspended from, like, a 300-foot rope is just the Liberty Bell. (laughs) Fucking Liberty Bell. (laughs) It's not in a cargo hold. It's not as if they were able to get down to the ground. It's like that scene in The Dark Knight where he's in Hong Kong, and he and Lau get, like, sky-hooked out of there. Like, the Liberty Bell's just dangling. Many hundreds of feet below this plane.
0: The One best part plot. is just the complete <laughs> lack of stealth or finesse required to steal the Liberty Bell. You need a rope, you mm-hmm. need a hook, and you need something that flies. That's it. That's all it takes.
3: There was so That's much going on in this opening scene,
0: and this, like, <laughs>
3: in, and in my head, like I was thinking, like I was like, oh man, or is this this cartoon? Like, is this a universe where the Liberty Bell doesn't have a crack in it? And Rambo and like punches the bell so hard it gets a crack in it or or is rambo going to be like the one that fixes the crack in the liberty bell just by like squeezing the bell shut to the
2: power of liberty
3: yeah the power of freedom they're threatening our liberty
0: i didn't even make it to that point because when he was flying the plane initially it looked like rambo was just like jerking off the front seat of the plane, on, and it was get your very off putting.
2: Cinnamon bun buddy Holly mind out of the gutter. Rambo wouldn't jerk off in a government yeah, property. He's got a mission to accomplish.
0: I'm just saying the animation was questionable at best.
3: Mm-hmm. They're threatening our liberty and threatening my cranking.
2: <laughs> you know where the animation wasn't compromised, where it was high quality?
1: Tell with, us. With what happens
2: next, we've already talked about it, but.
4: I'm going wing walking,
2: and he does because where Savage is flying this big cargo plane, Rambo and Turbo and Cat are literally like in a biplane, like the fucking Wright fucking brothers. Wright brothers. <laughs> so Rambo climbs out there. Call me he's all walking On the wing, <laughs> we borrowed it from our museum, and he's got, we got it
3: from the Smithsonian.
2: He's got his big, you know, classic machine gun. But down on the ground, there's Savage and. the savage gang here like they're surfer cyberpunk guys like these pink mohawks or whatever one of them has a name
3: i can't remember what
2: yeah it's like fucking riptide or or
3: something like that
2: but you know that these guys they're chill dudes right because of what they say to rambo here
4: (laughs) hang loose rambo
2: Hang 10, brah. So they're firing RPGs at Rambo, but he just starts blasting the machine gun down at them and they're fine. And then Rambo jumps so hard and he, he whacks the Liberty Bell. And Dave, you were right. He gives the bell its distinctive yeah. crack yep. through the force of his taut, taut body. So on the plane here, a single man is operating like a, like a crank <laughs> to very slowly pull the Liberty Bell up into the plane.
3: Back to shalen's masturbating theory.
2: <laughs> Rambo shoots a single bullet at like the cable or the crank, and then he free falls with the Liberty Bell for for a long time until a U.S. flag parachute unfurls and Rambo parachutes with the Liberty Bell back to safety.
3: How heavy is the Liberty Bell?
2: That's a really good question. Let's do a little bit of hashtag live, live research.
1: research. Here.
3: Well, Ben, researches. How much do you think it is?
0: Oh, it's got to be a, I'm going to say 350 pounds because I've, okay. I don't actually know how tall it is. Right. Okay. Right.
3: I was going to say um, like 300.
2: So you guys are way off the Liberty Bell. Everything was heavy when Paul Revere made that bell. weighs 2,080 pounds. Oh, How wow. tall <laughs> is it? Oh, it's about... um
3: but as tall mm-hmm. as John Rambo. Uh, it's, it's three
2: feet from okay. lip to crown. The yoke weighs about 100 pounds, so this is a this is right. a big fucking
0: thing. I, it's no joke. One of my best friends growing up, her grandparents had a little tiny replica bell. Sure. It, a, a, a
2: little Bertie bell, perhaps? A oh, little Bertie Lord. bell.
0: <laughs> uh, and it it got tipped over in their yard onto her leg, and it uh didn't go well for her bones,
2: let's oh, just say. Oh, man. Only John Rambo had been there. Cracked like the I remember Liberty Bell. It,
0: that one weighed about a hundred pounds and I didn't know how big the real one is. Sure. I extrapolated. So now, you
2: know, now, you know, so we're on the ground with the Liberty Bell, which has been immediately restored to its home, uh, which is inside a building. So I guess they pulled it up through the roof. It doesn't matter, but Rambo is fucking pissed. Savage went too far this time. According to Troutman, this
4: is just the beginning. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Savage
2: went too far this time. Uh, listeners, note back about fifteen minutes to where I described the many, many things that Savage has done. I don't know that this is what I would describe as the tipping point. Like, but when say Levy when
0: he kidnapped those children, or the uh, president, or
2: used a Dracula,
3: <laughs> it distributed drugs all throughout uh, like California or something like yeah. that. Yeah, became
0: a pirate. This, this is nobody the takes point.
3: a stupid bell.
0: <laughs> what is the
2: significance of the Liberty Bell? I should ask that. I, I truly don't know.
0: It's the sound of freedom ringing, Ben.
2: Okay. Was it forged from the blood of the revolution? What, what's so. the deal?
3: Yeah, they boiled mm. it and then they they tempered the the steel made to made to you know, that the bell was made out of.
2: Okay. Yeah. Like I I remember going to Philadelphia and seeing the Liberty Bell, and it's like, okay, <laughs> like, I, I wasn't. I didn't get stirrings, I should say.
0: So it was commissioned in 1752 by the Pennsylvania Provincial Assembly. Of course. Mm-hmm. It was cast with the lettering, proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all inhabitants thereof. Mm-hmm. Just from Leviticus, apparently. So it was the State House bell. <laughs> Hashtag fr- Leviticus. From Philadelphia.
3: And then underneath it was like, freedom to not wear a mask. <laughs>
2: Probably Actually, weird.
0: Leviticus has a passage about wearing a mask.
2: Actually, hashtag my Liberty Bell.
0: Uh, but anyway, it's a it's like it's, a fuck you, King of England sure, bell. Sure. That's what it is.
2: Well, that's good to know. I'm glad we I'm glad we went through there from one landmark to another. We're going to the Pentagon now, and Troutman's there, and the whole Force of Freedom is there too. And somebody hands Troutman what they call a list of demands, and it's funny because it's like a pad of paper, right? But he's flipping through it and the camera's not like on Troutman's face while he's reading the list of demands. The camera's on (laughs) it's on the pad of paper which just has squiggly lines. So it just looks like complete nonsense. You know, it's like if I just scribbled a bunch of shit on a pad of paper and handed it to you and you're like, Oh shit. But but fortunately the dialogue gets us where we need to be
4: incredible they're threatening to steal or destroy the symbols of our country's freedom unless we cough up 10 million dollars i think the general's finally gone over the edge i think he just wants to embarrass our government
2: perhaps perhaps
4: but but let's wait 30 years until we elect a a,
3: a reality (laughs) tv show star
2: (laughs) general warhawk of course an alias for carmen san diego exactly (laughs) i laugh too like i know inflation's come a long way in 35 years $10 $10 million to not, you know, steal our monuments.
0: <laughs> See, I kind of felt like it would be better to, cle- like, you know what? This shit's old. Let's replace it with something cooler. Take our monuments. I, yeah. We'll replace it with something, like, way more efficient. We can honor, like, more people with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll keep our $10 million. Thank you uh, we'll for give the renovation. We'll $10 million.
3: So you get rid of these old things, and we're going to commission some new artists to come in and make some, <laughs> some, some cooler stuff.
2: That's how we ended up with the Vietnam Memorial.
0: Do you ever watch the movie about how that came to be?
2: Yeah, Forrest
3: Gump. (laughs) Damn it, I was going to say that too. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the the, uh, Avengers Endgame.
2: (laughs) I like that Savage is so well-known and so known for pulling these kinds of plots off that they never question at any point, how would you steal the Lincoln Memorial? And I guess that they proved that they can do it it's just it seems so patently ridiculous, like he's gonna steal Mount Rushmore <laughs> like <laughs> how?
0: I mean, there are mobile thing, like the Declaration of Independence, the USS Constitution, well, there was a movie about that the as ship well.
2: National, the national treasure.
0: I just et named et cetera, the only two I had left. That's all you had. yeah.
2: so Rambo and the Force of Freedom are gonna somehow, <laughs> as Troutman puts it, guard our country's heritage with like the six people that they have. but then, This old fuck general comes in, and I didn't catch his name, but he's so crusty.
4: Look here, Colonel, you've overstepped your authority. I won't permit Rambo's group to assume military duties.
2: So this is the classic overzealous authority figure. There's never a reason given as to why he's so angry, why he's against Rambo, or... Like, what he's doing, I assumed that this guy was a savage operative, and that I did is too. not the case at all.
3: He's just inept.
0: Yeah, this yeah. is... It was at this point in the cartoon, and I questioned it many more times, where I was like, was this complete episode just to demonstrate how bad and bumbling the U.S. government and the U.S. military are? Like, is that...
2: <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a
3: pacifist thing. It's actually
0: like the most anti American cartoon because it's like, look at all these morons who take your taxes and this is what they do with them. Just get Rambo. Yeah.
3: And that ties back to like they're going to, they're trying to embarrass our country's government.
0: Exactly. Interesting. It's an interesting theory.
2: Mm, I like like that. that. It ties back to First Blood, you know? We shouldn't have been there. So it's never over. The (laughs) force of freedom is off the case, right? They've been pulled off. And as the general. You know, he's confident, he's got what he wants, he's getting ready to leave the, I don't know, Pentagon war room or whatever. Rambo just can't help, like, he's a helper, right? He's a man of the people. And he gives the colonel an unsolicited piece of advice here.
4: General, you should cancel today's telecast to that magic show at the Washington Monument.
2: (laughs) Okay. Rambo clearly, first of all, doesn't understand the business of big TV, right? Right. Can't just cancel it. And then, like, (laughs) I have this thought that how big is this telecast, right? You know, it's huge. This was during the heyday of David Copperfield, so are we to believe that this is a David Copperfield level
3: event? I don't know. Hoover Dam disappear, right?
0: I mean, that happens later in a later episode.
2: And, And TV specials are scheduled weeks, months in advance. You know that airtime isn't free, so I guess. I guess it just speaks to the intricacy of this savage plan.
0: I was going to say, have you guys ever been to a major monument where there was like more entertainment? The Washington Monument isn't enough for you. So on top of that, we have scheduled a magician. magic show.
2: Yeah, a magic show.
3: I was going to uh, suggest that it was the uh, the magician from the Mark Summers Magical Tour.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who, the guy from the Max?
3: (laughs) Which one? Master
2: magician Lance Burton. I think that's highly possible. So the general, suffice it to say, does not cancel the magic show. First of all, the general wouldn't even have authority to do so. But we go to the magic show. We're at the Washington Monument. (laughs) And the general is standing in front of some bleachers with Troutman. And he just goes, looks like it's going to be an exciting show. And Troutman says, I hope it's not too exciting. And the general retorts, relax, I have my best men. Now, while they're talking, it's one of my favorite cheap cartoon things. The people in the bleachers behind them just are not moving, so it's as if <laughs> the bleachers are populated with mannequins, but then he says, relax, I have my best men, and it cuts, and it's just like two, two dudes. Two dudes. <laughs> just two these dudes. dudes in
3: front of the Capitol. <laughs> it's just so, dudes. I also liked, like this huge nationally televised magic show, right? Mm-hmm. Which, sure, people love magic back then. Absolutely. Like, big draw.
0: Especially in 86.
3: Yeah, big, big draw, but just like a couple bleachers and like a, a smattering of people like you think they would be like this huge amphitheater or like this like enormous crowd seeing this. No, 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 no.
2: No? It's an intimate atmosphere.
3: Oh, uh, okay. All right. Hi. Oh, those intimate. Tickets were very expensive. Exactly. Not everyone gets to see Mephisto.
2: Very exclusive.
0: Not quite $10 million expensive, but close. So then Mephisto comes in
2: and he comes in on a burst of purple smoke. Now, this motherfucker looks like Art Garfunkel mixed with Jake the Snake Roberts, and he's got... I had
3: half of that note.
2: Okay, what'd you have?
3: I had Jake the Snake Roberts.
2: Okay, he's got a little Art Garfunkel
3: going on as well. Okay, I can see that.
2: He's got a magic wand, which seems kind of hacky. You don't see that with too many of the big guys. You certainly won't see that with the amazing Jonathan, but his wand's got a little star on the end. This guy's big business. Let's meet him. (laughs) For my first trick, we We go to ancient
4: Ancient Egypt for the Arabian Nights' escape.
2: Ooh,
1: well.
0: (laughs) And this is where this episode got very hard for me to pay attention to. Why? Because Frank Welker's voice is so distinctive that I couldn't stop thinking that it was going to just be Fred from from (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Doing all of the tricks,
3: or it's a uh, Ray from Go- the real Ghostbusters. Like it was, like it was like, oh, he's
0: a nice guy. He's definitely yeah. a nice guy. His <laughs> voice
2: was so distinctive that I didn't recognize it at all.
0: I was, it was like earworming me in a way that I was like, oh, come on, this would be so much better if it was Scooby Doo. Every time it was he earworming was earworming
2: worse than one of those famous Clearview cinnamon buns.
0: Clear Lake and
2: no. (laughs) Hashtag Clear View Cinnamon Buns.
3: Got a good earworming from a Buddy Holly cosplayer. (laughs) Gross. It's a fantastic tongue down.
2: The only earworming I enjoy is from one Ricardo Montalban.
0: Anyway, I found it extremely distracting. And I was going to go get my sweatshirt that one of our longtime listeners, uh, Laurie, made me for my birthday, which is just
2: I, Chandler, I, I we don't need to hear about the gear you were wearing while you wore it.
0: That's what I wanted to do. It was just covered in Frank Welker drawings. I see. <laughs> it was distracting. So
2: it, was boy, oh boy. it
3: was covered in Frank Welker. It was all it over. was covered in Frank Welker. They're everywhere.
2: That is accurate. The trick to break it down here is Mephisto is going to put a woman inside a cage. They're going to do the screen. He's going to move the screen. It's going to be this big leopard, right? And we know this because we see the backstage. Despite the fact that Rambo and the crew were told to stay home, they're in this ridiculously oversized Jeep. So it's Rambo, and it's Turbo, and it's Cat. And they're they're not on the grounds, but they are sitting like right outside the fence, which is very funny. And they're ready for action. And they look in, and they see Nomad. And Nomad's looking a little shifty by just walking around. And instead of going around the fence or using another way, they just drive the jeep through the fence (laughs) which apparently causes no commotion so they drive the jeep through the fence and they go out and nomad turns and he's got an uzi and he just starts blasting an uzi at the leopard (laughs) and again the crowd not really reacting to any of this
3: they're too engaged with mephisto's show like he's too i don't know too charismatic
2: he's too spellbinding
3: yeah
0: but it's almost like he has some sort of magical power over them. That's the
2: greatest trick of all.
0: Now, the leopard
2: gets out and it starts chasing the handlers around, and eventually, you know, the general's best men come running around, and they all get chased on top of some very convenient. Uh, right all placed. two of them. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need to guard our country's heritage. So they get chased onto some wooden crates, and it sounds a lot like this.
1: Ah! No! Ah!
2: A lot of normal things happening here. So Rambo knows. I gotta go in, and I gotta fight this leopard. I can't, I can't do a good Rambo. Give me a fucking slice. So
3: <laughs> I have to fight this leopard.
2: <laughs> no respect for the leopard. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> so he goes to fight the leopard, and what does he say?
4: It looks like Nomad bought himself a little time. I gotta stop that leopard before he hurts someone. <laughs> Keep cool, kitty.
2: (laughs) Cool, kitty. (laughs) (laughs) There's.
3: (laughs) That's how I address people uh, (laughs) in in my regular (laughs) life. Keep cool, kitty. Thanks for the ice cream. Which is crazy.
0: There are so many things here. Like this... Lead consultant, I would have to call him, right? Mm-hmm. He's the only person capable of handling a wild animal stage in right. a show where they've somehow wrinkled it. That's correct. Ruby Spears invested so much money in their sound effects that it's the same tiger sound effect from the Tarzan series of the 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Do you know that for an absolute fact? It's the same one. Don't come out here throwing fucking conjecture.
0: It's not conjecture.
3: Or shade at Ruby Spears. <laughs> no shade.
0: Hashtag #shateless
3: no cap uh <laughs> so, something i noticed here around, around this point was like i had to like rewind and go back i was like ben you mentioned like they're ready for action right right what does that mean it means rambo doesn't wear a shirt ever like he's just
2: that's correct he's just he standing. does inside sometimes yeah, indoors
3: yeah he's standing there watching like a magic show just arms crossed no shirt whatsoever it's insane Put on a shirt, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Must
0: be Doesn't cold. Doesn't need to.
2: He's got those glistening muscles, and they come into play real soon, so I don't see what the problem is.
0: And also, how else will everyone around him know exactly who he is? I speculated for a little while about this. Is it the no shirt, or the headband, or is it the combo?
2: No, it's the necklace of his remembrance with um with Poe
0: hmm. and
2: Rainbow Two. Hmm. I mean, that's, R. P. that's what people recognize. R.I.P. She didn't make
3: it. I just poured my beer all over my keyboard for her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Say what you will about Rambo, but the man looks good shirtless. And you get to see it when the screen falls down. And now Rambo and the leopard are in the cage. And the, the general's pissed. He's like, Rambo? <laughs> and it's like, well, what is he mad at? That Rambo is just like chilling in this cage? But Rambo, he jumps to the top of the cage. And through the power of brute strength, <laughs> he just rips the bar off the cage and and scuttles out and leaves the leopard in there. there's
3: a thing they do that i love when cartoons do this or any show or movie or whatever Mm -hmm. they have to explain like he couldn't just bend the bar right and get out right he'd be like i hope these bars are old enough and like unsure enough they were and he pulls them like i love like that quick little explanation like okay Mm -hmm. i've now i can believe this
2: These old gray bars just ain't what they used to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These weren't manufactured in the U.S. of of A. A.
2: Foreign-made goods are cheapening the American
3: factories. Iron should have been tempered in Pittsburgh.
2: (laughs) I hear Pittsburgh has a good happy hour, by the way. Anyway, um, so we got to a completely different location. (laughs)
1: So
2: think about this, right? The camera is focused on a stage where Mephisto is doing his magic show. Now he's in, a, he's at, in front of the Washington Monument, where it looks like he's on a, a separate camera, but I don't think that that's the case. But he's acting as if it is. Comes up in a plume of purple smoke, and now the veil drops. The plan is revealed.
1: Mm-mm. And now for the greatest disappearance of my career, say
4: farewell to the Washington Monument.
2: Oh, fuck. And then (laughs) there is noise and things happening for about 15 seconds. And I mentioned the time for a very specific reason. Because when the smoke clears, the Washington Monument is gone. And I thought, huh, how could that be? It's a spoiler. We'll talk talk much, much more about this at the end of the show. But it is a little spoiler for you. The Washington Monument has dropped directly into the ground. Now, the Washington Monument is 550 feet tall. I'm sorry, 555 feet tall. And it was built at that height to be a replicant of George Washington's 5.55-inch penis. It's number one. Very pointy. Good to know. In 15 seconds, for something 555 feet tall to disappear, it would have to fall at a rate of 37 feet per second, which is equivalent to 25 miles per hour. So for 15 seconds, this really old monument that was built in, uh, I'll insert the year here, (laughs) fell to the ground at a rate of 25 miles an hour. (laughs) There was no noise as it fell toward the core of the earth. It just was
3: gone. Well, it's because they greased it up. (laughs) I guess they did. Slid right in.
2: And I don't want to reveal the trick just yet. I guess I did just reveal the trick, but we'll talk about the (laughs) mechanisms of the trick in a little bit here. But this... This is some real crazy shit.
0: I agree with you, but I have theories about what was not divulged directly in the cartoon, but what has to be true for it to have worked.
2: Oh, that's a hashtag. Big League tease right there. Oh, I can't wait. So the Washington Monument is gone. In its place <laughs> is a plaque.
0: <laughs> a huge-ass plaque. And
2: this just occurred to me, so I'm going to get into it right now. The plaque, you say huge-ass. The plaque, it's a square, so I'm guessing it's probably like 12 feet wide.
0: No, no, Ben. It's as big as the Washington Monument.
2: I guess it would have to be, but it certainly doesn't look that way. It looks like
3: the <laughs> it looks like um, Rambo could lay down in it, and it would be—he would be the size of it.
2: That's an interesting point. We'll put a pin in that one. Yeah. But
0: the door was big enough for both of them to survive. Ben, Leo didn't have to die. <laughs>
1: the
2: plaque is—it uh, says, you know, this is just the beginning. Signed, Mephisto. <laughs> and what does Turbo say here?
4: And it's signed, the great Mephisto.
2: How about that? How about that indeed? It's
3: like we just got Mephisted.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> we're at the scene of the crime, and they're like, oh shit, this monument's gone. But did you forget, Chalen? Did you forget who started this whole thing off? It was Nomad. And you know who didn't forget? John fucking Rambo. <laughs>
0: Hey, there's Nomad and some other guy.
2: Some other guy that is clearly Mephisto. (laughs) Some
0: (laughs) other guy. Holy shit. Okay. Coming from the master of disguise herself, Kat.
2: So they run away. And Turbo and Rambo run to the big ass Jeep. Turbo says, hold on. And he picks Rambo up on like a steel bar takes him over the fence, and puts Rambo into another waiting vehicle. And it was like, what the fuck? What's the point of that? He should have just driven away. Anyway.
0: There was a fence there. <laughs> he
3: could have just like, he's Rambo, right? He just like saved the Liberty Bell five minutes ago. Like, he could have just jumped over the fence. <laughs> Lift me up in this crane and make it really complex.
0: No, there's a line in Uncle Phil's contract that he, his character has to do something cool every episode. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, it was operate a crane with no apparent training. No,
2: Shailen, you, you said Uncle Phil. You're really going to have to explain what that means and not just assume people have done the research that, so, that you have just done.
0: Our beloved Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's Uncle Phil, mm-hmm. the voice of Turbo. What is
2: that gentleman's name, Shailen?
0: James Avery. Okay. We got there. Had bread guy.
2: <laughs> James Avery, the cousin to Tex Avery, the well-known uh, Looney Tunes voice actor. I don't believe you. So Rambo's on the chase, and they, they drive through the reflecting pool, the famous reflecting pool where Jenny and Forrest reunited in Forrest Gump. Jedi. Forrest Bar- <laughs> Gump. And they're on the chase. Dig off, and <laughs> make me a bird, so I can fly <laughs> far, <laughs> far away from Rambo. <laughs> and... and <laughs> With the Liberty Bell, Mephisto's in a car with Nomad, and he's like, he picks up his wand. He's like, "Well, now you see him, now you don't," and he throws it, and there's a smoke screen, and this half-second smoke screen is not just enough for Rambo to lose them entirely. It's also enough to cause like a seventy-car pileup. Now Rambo stopped, and you're like, "Oh shit,
3: what's he gonna do?" No one stops Rambo.
2: Then Turbo calls on the walkie, just in case you were wondering. Turbo's in the helicopter. And Rambo gives me my favorite moment here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the most he ever sounds like Stallone. But then a random cop just pulls up. And another Sylvester Stallone character here is uh, Judge Dredd, you know, where he's the He is hey. the law. He's the he is the law. Famously said. And I didn't know that kind of those characters cro- cross paths, they cross kind of backstories. But here's the exchange between Rambo and the cop Worst traffic jam I ever. Hey, what are you. Ramp, emergency officer. This is a Pentagon priority. <laughs> what? What does that mean?
1: It's a Pentagon
0: priority.
2: It's a Pentagon
3: priority. It's, it's got
0: five He's points of which I will list this. later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking ridiculous.
3: I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that in public. Like I'm gonna go into Boston and just like fucking steal someone's car and be like, it's a Pentagon priority. Gotta go.
0: Well, but you need a signature look so that the cop knows that you're Rambo. Well,
2: this is the question I was going to ask, right? Is like, it's Dave Bo. Does the cop know who Rambo is? Or does he just see this jacked, oily, shirtless guy? And he's like, this guy seems like he's in charge. <laughs> That's, like,
0: oh. That's the assumption, right? No, he says it's Rambo.
2: Everybody knows Rambo.
3: Yeah, he's so famous. Like, just all over the news. Like, oh, my God. Did you see that guy? Like, that guy was shirtless and stopping terrorists. It was crazy.
2: The National Monuments in Washington, D.C. Washington... Lincoln, Jefferson, Rambo. <laughs> so Rambo drives this motorcycle into the subway, and he's barely out racing a subway train. And he comes out of the subway, and he ends up right behind Nomad in Mephisto's car. Like, there's no way he could have known. I mean, how did he do that?
0: He's That's very good at calculations, Ben. Fucking incredible.
3: You're not the only master of illusions here, Mephisto.
2: So Nomad's very freaked out He's using a bit of a stereotype voice But that great Mephisto, he's a cool cat You're not booking national TV gigs If you don't have ice in your veins
1: But like all great magicians I've prepared for every possibility
2: Is that a trait of all great magicians To prepare for every possibility? Is that true?
3: (laughs) I feel like it isn't I feel like it's quite the opposite Because you have to
2: Get the right outcome, You have to plan
3: meticulously didn't Houdini die
2: because he allowed himself to be punched in the stomach? It didn't seem like he <laughs> planned for every contingency, right? That is, that yeah. is
0: true. I think he mixed up uh, the code of magicians with the Boy Scouts.
2: <laughs> I'm sure like magicians have drowned. I'm, I'm taking a guess, right?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Listeners,
2: hit us up at Watchbots Pod on Twitter if you know of any magicians that have drowned. Uh, hashtag
0: WetMagicians. Wasn't that the Prestige? that's a movie it was based on true story ben
2: Mm -hmm. so as batman begins you know what i'm saying
3: there's three steps to the prestige (laughs) every magic trick first it's it's first it's tangerine
2: (laughs) second it's a tangerine (laughs) and the size of a
3: tangerine and third you get (laughs) Mephisto.
2: so Mephisto as nomad turned down towards the wharf And they drive very fast by a fisherman. Now, this fisherman is a very big part of the episode. He (laughs) He, he appears to be a derelict of some sort. He's wearing like a wool cap, a nice jacket. He has an eye patch and a corncob pipe for some reason. And they drive by. And he's like, You need
0: to know he's a sailor. He's
2: like, Hey, you're scaring away all my fish.
0: (laughs) And it's like, What are you
3: doing there, Rambo? What are we doing here? They're more like guidelines, really.
2: To be in a ghost (laughs) tale, Rambo. (laughs) And Rambo
3: shows up. Old Bill, old bootstrap (laughs) John Rambo.
2: (laughs) And here's the complete conversation between the fisherman and Rambo. And it's pretty long, you guys. It's pretty long, but it's pretty important.
0: (laughs) It's really important. Get out of there! What do you think you're doing?
4: You're not gonna find anyone in that barrel. (laughs) What are you talking about? I seen him go in with my own eyes. So did I. But one of those guys is Mephisto the magician. I think he played a trick on us. Huh? Ravage? <laughs> but I saw. They escaped with his false bottom.
2: Were they friends? Did Rainbow know this guy? Why is he explaining this instead of chasing them?
0: Well, because. foreshadowing. Is it? Yeah. How
2: then then tell no tales. It's just he's explaining what happened. It doesn't foreshadow anything.
0: He's explaining how a trapdoor works. That's important.
3: Oh, oh, it is. It is actually, yes. What is this salty man doing? Like, I thought he was Mephisto. They spent so much time on this guy. I thought for sure he was like Mephisto in another costume.
0: No, because he has a different voice. So, you know, it's a different guy. And I know that's important because later you're going to hear the guy's voice. And it's the same guy. Ugh.
3: Anyway. Davy Jones' locker with you, John Rambo.
0: <laughs> it's
2: just, it's so strange. And in the time that Rambo is explaining to the Gorton Fisherman what happened here, <laughs> Nomad d- disappears completely. We never see him again for the rest of the episode, but Mephisto disappears onto a boat. And all of a sudden, Turbo radios Rambo. And Rambo's like, yeah. <laughs> and Turbo says, yeah, there's a big boat in the harbor looks like it could carry the Washington Monument. And it's like, wow, this logic is crazy. So, not only has Mephisto stolen the Washington Monument, in a span of about five minutes, he's transported it to a dock and it's in this boat without anybody ever having seen it. And It's like, no wonder this general pulled these bubble fucks off the case. Like, these guys are fucking ridiculously stupid. (laughs) It's insane. So then, so then Turbo picks up Rambo and they're in the helicopter and Rambo calls Troutman on the walkie and he's like, call in the Coast Guard. And Troutman's about to do it, but then that crusty general shows up and he's like, Rambo! But then Rambo jerks off the walkie-talkie and he's like, there's interference.
0: The best trick ever invented for-
2: Hey, trick, huh? Maybe Rambo's the true magician. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe. What you could.
0: It's like when I make a call that I don't want to make, and I'm like, "Hey, just so you know, my phone is almost out of battery, and oh. so if I disappear, I want you to know why." And they don't realize that I'm calling from my desk phone at work. I just hang up on them.
3: You see, there's three tricks Whoa. to every Shailin- <laughs> there's three steps to every Shailen trick. One's the the fake phone, and the other one is freedom, and the last one is freedom. <laughs>
2: don't threaten it. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: gonna digress for a minute here. So. I have been watching some Survivor lately. And I'm not to the newer stuff yet, but I've been, I've been going through the older stuff. And in Survivor Africa, which is the third season, there is a character on there. This guy's name is Frank. As right-wing as it gets, like not a good dude, but he had mentioned to somebody on the, in the African savanna that he was in the military. And they said, oh, what branch? And he said, the branch called Freedom.
1: <laughs> and you can picture Rambo
2: saying that line.
3: And I would believe him like, oh, that yeah. is a, yeah, yeah.
2: I believe it. So anyway, so Rainbow's on the helicopter. He has his big machine gun, but his big machine gun is apparently very modular because he sticks like a rocket down in it, and he blasts the anti-aircraft gun off of the ship here. Now, as we find out later, the ship is meant to be a consumer ship, so I don't know why it has anti-aircraft guns, but that that's neither here nor there.
0: It's best to be prepared. You mm-hmm. know, they, they're shipping. Mm-hmm professionals have to prepare for all outcomes
3: yeah i I saw captain phillips i think i think it's good that they had that
0: on there
2: (laughs) i'm the
3: captain now i'm the captain now is
2: what what rambo would say rambo you know we've seen him jerk off in two different aircraft now so it's only appropriate that this is where we get his, his catchphrase this is where i get off absolutely pal so now he's on the boat and he he sticks his head around the corner he's like he's Kevin McAllister
3: his, spilling his seed all <laughs> over Turbo's tummy,
2: and he sees two guys. Now his their their backs are to him, so he could just you know stealthily take them out. But he goes over here, and he throws a grenade at them, <laughs> and they jump, and it blows up another gun. And I thought I probably could have just thrown the grenade and gotten in the same <laughs> spot, but that's fine, Rambo. You do you.
3: He wants those guys to see him before they die. I'm Rambo, damn it. The last visage you'll ever set your eyes on.
2: He's firing indiscriminately all over the ship. He's destroying things. He drops the anchor. He breaks the anchor. And now the ship surrenders. So now Troutman's out there. The general's out there. The coast guard's out there. And this ship captain, not happy at all. So Rambo and the force of freedom, they go into the cargo hold. And what do they find? They don't find the Washington Monument, Shalyn, huh? You thought they were going to find it.
0: That's what I was led to believe, But ben. No. No.
2: No. They find good all-American dirt. And the ship captain's going to tell you all about it.
4: Dirt. Tons of dirt. It's a special soil for my country's conservation program. I, uh, I intend to file a formal protest with the UN regarding this act of piracy.
2: <laughs> An act of piracy. So here, this is it. The general is fucking pissed. I'm livid. He's pissed and what does he do? The ultimate act of I would say treason.
4: I've had it with you, Rambo. Rambo Colonel, see to it that the Force of Freedom is disbanded immediately.
2: <laughs> so the general's authority is so great that he can't disband the Force of Freedom himself, but he can twist the knife and have Colonel Troutman do it. Breaks your heart.
3: I feared for the the Force of Freedom here.
2: I did too. I did too. Hmm.
3: Shailen, were you, you know, at all on edge?
0: I wasn't because I never doubted their desire and drive to protect freedom.
3: Their
2: love of liberty.
0: Right. And so I knew that they would find a way.
2: Proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free.
3: And no one's going to threaten that freedom. Don't tell
2: me to put a mask on, or you'll impinge on my liberty. Booting your ass up. So, wow, they're on their lowest point here. They're going like, to be disbanded. Don't tread on me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we've to that ship captain. <laughs> 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 and the ship captain goes to his private cabin. And what happens? This motherfucker, no. this fucking son of a bitch, no, 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 no. pulls his mask up, <gasps> and it's fucking Mephisto.
3: Oh, and they're, they're Mission Impossible masks, too. They're not like fake fake hair. No, no, no. These, these are real
2: it's, deal.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: It looks rubber until you pull it tight, and then like it's like second skin.
1: Yeah.
0: And if they had just listened to him talk, they would have known. They did listen to him talk, and they didn't know.
3: And they were like, "Is that Frank Welker or is that Mephisto?" And they're like, "It's it's clearly Frank Welker. It's it's he's a, he's an old <laughs> sea captain now."
0: They were in like. Motherfucker, is the budget so small that they cast this man to do the voice of the extra <laughs> and the main bad guy? Or was it just a poor disguise?
3: See, that's the cartoon's prestige right there.
2: I don't often look at these things through the eyes of a child, but I will hear because, again, did not recognize this voice whatsoever. So when he pulled off that mask, I was like, oh, fuck. No. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. Fucking Mephisto. No.
0: When I was a kid, I used to get really confused about voice acting, and that's why I'm so obsessed with it now.
2: No, I I understand. It's a psychosis. So we got to commercial, and we come back, and we're back in the Pentagon in the Force of Freedom offices or whatever. And this is where the episode turns into a madcap comedy. So
0: This is where. (laughs) So
2: Troutman has the disbandment orders or whatever, and he signs at the bottom. His name's Troutman, one word. He very clearly here writes Trout Man. Trout he man. did. He wrote
0: Trout Man. Man, man of, of the, the sea. Trout. <laughs> and this, is, this is where it gets the ridiculous. The champions
2: <laughs>
3: of Trout. <laughs> Fear not, Trout. Trout Man is here.
2: My family always swam upriver.
3: i protect you from illegal <laughs> fishing.
2: So let's play the clip, and then we'll talk through it.
3: and Trout Man. Oh,
2: clumsy
4: me. And it's 5.30. My secretary's gone for the day. That means the order can't go into effect until tomorrow. (laughs) Let me paint a
2: picture for you. If the dialogue didn't do it.
3: What's he do, Ben? See, you
2: think think Troutman is going to fax the order in, but he accidentally puts it through the shredder. And then he looks at the clock and he's like, it's 5.30. And then he throws the shreds as if they're so much confetti. And... He very clearly is setting something up. Now, Rambo's a fucking idiot, because this is the immediate next line.
4: Hey, come on, Colonel. kind of a scheme are you up to? You have 12 hours.
2: <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so Troutman's trying to buy them uh, a little time. Great Troutman, great guy. Great guy. He cares about freedom. But what was the point of this performance? Were they on camera, and it was like, all right. I got to pretend to put this in. And then even though I'm going to talk to you and say you have 12 hours, that part's not going to count. Like, what was the point of this, like, goofball performance? Maybe it
3: was in case they questioned Rambo later about it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's because the force of freedom is nothing if not honorable. They would Mm -hmm. never go against a written order.
3: I've just kept expecting Rambo to go like, that's an official government document. You're shredding it. (laughs) That's a a threat on freedom. Threat on freedom.
2: You're arrested. Treason. Regicide.
0: I just, I I thought that it was a fax machine. And I was like, I I thought the fax machine was fucked up. Did they have fax machines in 86? I think so. Oh,
2: man. (sighs) You don't see those too often these days.
0: My understanding is that fax machines were actually invented like way, way, way earlier in our society, but like took a weird form. Shailen, what was
2: invented first? The fax machine or the Clear Lake cinnamon bun?
0: <laughs> fax machine.
2: America wants to know.
0: <laughs> so,
2: as it turns out.
3: Hashtag get your fax.
2: <laughs> we,
3: hashtag vaccinated.
2: In the time that they were fucking around, Mephisto sent some more demands. And we're in the madcap comedy here. And now we're into rumors and innuendo. You know, the mid-80s were really the height of the National Enquirer, right? That wacko jacko and, you know, I married Bigfoot and all that stuff. The satanic panic. Exactly. Now the characters of the Force of Freedom, they're going to hear wild rumors and they're going to act on it.
0: State. From what I've read about it, it's more like a haunted house.
4: It's where Mephisto creates his magic tricks.
2: So (gasps) They're talking about Mephisto's. 20-acre Virginia estate. Now, you might hear 20-acre Virginia estate and raise your eyebrows. But I knew. I knew that he's on the, the the level. So they're talking about the rumors. And if that wasn't enough.
4: Maybe. It's rumored the house has secret passages and hidden rooms. Looks like we're spending the night trick or treating.
2: <laughs> Looks like we're spending the night trick or treating. Thanks, Rambo.
3: This aired in October? This was a Halloween this episode? This was
2: a Halloween episode for sure. So they go to Virginia, and they're at Mephisto's estate. And Rambo hadn't done his gearing up montage yet. So when we watched the, the anti-drug episode, there was a whole montage of m- rippling muscles and Rambo strapping a knife to himself. <laughs> <But> we hadn't <laughs> hit that yet. So I knew that this, his this were, it was still coming. that this wasn't serious business. I'm still coming from watching that, that montage. <laughs> so they hit the house. And wouldn't you know it, it's time for some more rumors and innuendo.
0: Hooray! From what I heard about it, he's turned it into a kind of a fun house.
4: Maybe.
2: Wait a minute. From what I've read about it, it's more like a haunted house. Maybe. Did they just alter one word and then just reuse that line?
0: Yep. <laughs> with the did. same characters. That—that that is indeed oh, what boy. happened.
2: Some real crazy
3: shit. That's Ruby Spears for you.
0: <laughs>
2: and I want to know where is this intel coming from?
3: I also like want to hear know these that.
2: rumors. <laughs>
3: Like, the grapevine of, of freedom.
2: And as they go in, Rambo just goes, this funhouse could turn out to be deadly. <laughs> oh, all right.
3: <laughs> like, Thanks, is it a John. haunted house? Is it a funhouse? Is it a house of magic? Uh, they, they, a, they can't it's a make up their mind.
2: This is very much the, the haunted mansion from the, the Mark Summers mystery special way back when. So they go into the house, and there's paintings on the walls, and you just know that you're going to get the classic painting with the shifty eyes, and you get it. And then Turbo says, start checking for secret panels. So they just start like knocking on the walls indiscriminately. And here's where the funhouse does become potentially deadly, because Kat steps on a stone in the floor. And they get fired at by a machine gun. Now it's not just any machine gun. She steps on the floor. And what this triggers is a skeleton on wires to sit up out of a coffin. And then the skeleton starts shooting a machine gun at
0: them. <laughs> so Mephisto,
2: if nothing else, has a strong sense of style.
0: Whoopsie <laughs> doopsie.
3: And it reminded me of your um of your death wish, Ben. Right. Uh, where you, you want your corpse to be re- re- reanimated. That's correct. And when it what you know, when people come to your wake, which will be open casket, so you right. can rise from it and just be like, you, you did this.
2: There's a few key differences in these plans. One. For my way, you will see no wires. It'll be animatronic. Two.
3: Your, your inner body will be rigged.
2: Right, and there, there's a very important reason for that because I won't be shooting a gun at the well wishers.
1: Oh God! Here what we I will go. be
2: doing is I will be spraying blood from some orifice or another at them, <laughs> and <laughs> it will be my last prank, my coup de gras.
3: But the effect will be no less. Very
2: terrible. similar, yeah. yeah, for sure. Now they know here that. This is a haunted house and a fun house. Rumors have told him this. But somehow Rambo makes a declaration.
4: At least we know this much. Mephisto's here.
2: What? <laughs> I guess that that's, he's right. Like he is there, but they already know that it's likely to be full of traps. In the first trap he finds, <laughs> Rambo's like, he's here. Well.
3: It's it. a trap. It doesn't mean he's there. Like there's, man, he's still, he's so dumb. No
1: before
0: they went the general had already told them that he had fled to his estate so why w- why wouldn't he be- have been there I don't know their all intelligence right. w- which brought them to the correct location also indicated he would be present
3: I This know. is like what, what what is I, I at work meetings where I I just kind of announce the obvious like pretending like no one has said the obvious before <laughs> yeah, like yeah. as as it stated yeah Well yeah we all knew that dave yeah but mephisto's here he <laughs> he's here He's here.
2: So Cat and Turbo, they get stuck behind a rotating fireplace and they go, whoa, Rambo doesn't hear this. And they're off in an undisclosed location. And then Rambo is all alone. This is just like when Poe died. What's he going to do? And who shows up? Who appears over what I'm going to assume is a loudspeaker? Mephisto. Motherfucker Mephispo. (laughs) Mephisto.
1: (laughs)
4: <laughs> mephisto you're not gonna get away with this is that so well first you have to catch
2: me don't you <laughs> <laughs> that's right because now it's time for the fucking mod <laughs>
1: the
0: angry music is so good <laughs>
2: and it's rambo for about 15 seconds he's Rubbing his muscles down. He's checking his gun.
3: Rambo versus a magician. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just like you thought when you watch First Blood. So Rambo's ready now. He's ready for action. Mephisto turns him dressed to kill, which is an interesting thing. But then Mephisto's like, why don't you take a slip? And he, he hits another trap door and Rambo's now falling. He falls through the floor onto a spiral staircase, which apparently goes down into the core of the earth. And it's the it spir- for fucking miles. It goes for a long way. A couple interesting things about the staircase here, or I guess the slide. This slide, for some reason, has like uphill sections. Like it's constantly spiraling, but there are points where Rambo is very clearly going uphill and defying the laws of physics. I, I don't doubt it because he's Rambo, but it's still a little strange.
0: This reminded me of the track for Running Man. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, get in there, and it's like loop-de-loops and like weird stuff and I was just waiting for like funny characters to pop out and instead we just got like dummies. Well, no,
2: it's interesting that you bring it up because The Running Man, known for its famous characters, like all of the puppets that shot guns and knives because magicians use
0: puppets? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) There's never...
3: Well, the best ones do.
2: Like razor wire strung across the, the staircase. There's never like yeah, the staircase just stops, and then you fall to your death below. There's always just like single puppets that have a gun or a knife, as Rambo puts it,
4: this is some funhouse.
2: <laughs> sure is, John. So <laughs> he's uh, he's getting rid of these dummies. He's sliding. And then all of a sudden, Rambo decides, after sliding on this thing for about four and a half minutes, that he's done. So he throws a grenade at a wall. At the speed at which he's going, the grenade would probably kill him, but it doesn't. It just blows a hole in the wall. And it's time for that famous Rambo catchphrase once again.
4: This is where I get off.
2: And he does an unnecessary front flip. And somehow, he's in Mephisto's control room. (laughs) I don't know how this guy knew.
3: Why is his control room in the middle of the tower that the slide wraps around?
2: Who knows? How did he know that that's exactly where he had to be? But he front flips in and he's just staring at Mephisto. It's a fucking crazy.
0: He's just that damn good. You ask all
3: these questions, Ben. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, here I am. Fucking I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. And you, Rambo's getting off. Not me. I'm I'm staying on this ride.
2: And Mephisto's like, well, you're all alone, Rambo. And then all of a sudden. It's like fucking Dick Tracy because Bullet holes appear in the wall, in the shape of a tunnel. Like it's like lootitudes. and Cat and Turbo just kicked this wall in. They had shot some bullets. <laughs> just like, well, how did they get there? What's what? Is, what is going on? So then, <laughs> Mephisto's like, "Well, fuck, I gotta go," and he hits a button and he starts going down a very, very slow platform, much slower than the Washington Monument disappeared. But John Rambo throws a knife, and he catches him by the cape. Now it's time for a monologue.
4: Stick around, pal. The party's not over yet. I can't figure you out, Mephisto. Talented guys like you should use their abilities to help people, not hurt them.
2: Lecture me all you want. What would he be doing to help people with his abilities? Just to... Delight and surprise?
3: I
0: don't, it, I don't understand.
3: Make poverty disappear? <laughs>
0: <Was> <laughs> through the, implication, the power of magic. Was the implication that he isn't a magician, that he's actually just a magical being? Because that's that's what I heard him saying. <laughs> I heard Rambo not knowing the difference between a master of illusion and someone who has Mephisto, actual- Mephisto, you're a
2: demigod.
3: We've got an HIV crisis. You need to make that go away. Make it disappear.
2: There's a Somalian hunger crisis. You could have- Manifested food for the poor.
0: (laughs) And all addiction to drugs. Holy shit.
2: So Mephisto's like, I'm I'm never going to tell you, Rambo. I'm never going to tell you what's going on. And Rambo's like, don't worry. I know your trick.
3: I've already figured it out, you son of a bitch.
2: (laughs) Now we're back at the Washington Monument. And Mephisto's gone. He's no longer necessary because we got the force of freedom. We got Colonel Troutman. We got the crusty general.
4: Rambo's going to bring back the Washington Monument.
2: What? (laughs) Okay. So we're about at the end of the episode. They're they're at the plaque. They're looking at the plaque. I'm going to play this clip here. This is Rambo's whole exposition explanation of what happens here. There's a lot going on. I want listeners, you to absorb this, and then we'll paint the picture behind it.
3: This is the coffee cup drop moment. Mephisto
4: gave away his trick several (laughs) times yesterday. Just took me a while to figure it out. Mephisto likes trapdoors. He used them at the wharf and a couple of times at his mansion. Mephisto had Savage dig a tunnel right here under the Washington Monument. When the smoke bombs went off during the show, it dropped down through the trapdoor. That explains why Warhawk's ship was filled with dirt. It was from the tunnel. You got it.
0: Foreshadowing with the sailor. Let's go through
2: each of these questions individually.
0: So the supposition here
2: is that Savage dug a tunnel underneath the Washington Monument that was deep enough, and at least 555 feet, let's go crazy and say 560, wide enough and deep enough for the Washington Monument to fall into. Mm -hmm. Yes. A ridiculous idea. But whatever tunnel they dug also had to be strong enough at the top somehow to support the weight of, of the Washington Monument. Now, I don't know, listeners, I don't know how much the Washington Monument weighs. I'm going to guess a bit. 300 pounds. <laughs> Maybe 300 pounds. So the ground that was hollow underneath needed to be strong enough to hold up the Washington Monument, but it couldn't be strong enough to have a structure because the Washington Monument needed to fall in the resulting hole. It's ridiculous. I have a theory. Mm-hmm.
0: I believe that there is a frame structure. Okay. And that the frame structure includes sort of like an elevator pulley and piston system. Okay. And that's how they were able to make the 555 feet move 25 miles an hour down into the earth without, without di- it breaking. Because it right right had ahead. shock absorbers at the sure. very bottom. Sure, of course. I think that this this weird hole that they've dug Mhm. Has an enormous platform, okay. and it's probably at least a hundred feet deeper than the Washington Monument itself. So
3: maybe the help that Rambo was referring to it, when he told Mephisto that he should be helping people—yeah, maybe it wasn't magic. Maybe it was his engineering Structural engineering, Structural engineering, I like
2: is it. Very <laughs> yeah, good.
3: Yeah. You and could be building bridges to bring food to those starving <laughs> Somalians. You could be generating a cure for HIV.
2: <laughs> the whole savage plan. It's a crisis. is engineered around this idea that nobody can ever, ever move this plaque. That's Which correct. is light enough for Rambo. Now, Rambo's a strong guy. Maybe this, is, this solves the thing. No crane could lift it, but Rambo can.
0: Well, no. The general who told the Force of Freedom that they were not allowed to work on this mm-hmm. said very clearly... Nobody go near that plaque, nobody touch it, and okay. they're all just following his orders blindly. Okay. okay. This, is tight,
1: That's this is tight writing. This is tight it, scripting.
0: It's actually much tighter than most cartoons we watch. Oh, and by
2: the way, while he's explaining this, there are background camera shots mm-hmm. of cranes and like construction equipment raising the monument back to its former spot with no uh with no particular damage or concern. It appears to be fixed within maybe an hour. They filled in six seven eight hundred feet of just ground and made it strong enough to put the washington monument back without it turning into a leaning tower of pisa situation
3: well i mean they probably forced mephisto to figure that out
2: <laughs> do you think mephisto was the he was the engineer behind both the the disappearance and the reappearance
3: maybe there was some uh like sentencing leniency you know if he could like figure Perhaps. out how to restructure uh, the the founding of the, the capital
2: what i like here too is i mean mephisto's taken into custody you never see or hear from general warhawk so i like to think that mephisto he's like a splinter branch you know he's a a shadow yeah. cell
3: did nomad hire him and like was nomad working for warhawk or was <laughs> did mephisto hire nomad and maybe nomad's like sort of freelancing you know away from warhawk like who knows the There's definition a, of a gun for hire Yeah, there's some strife going on in Warhawk's uh, Savage Organization. For sure.
2: All is well. (laughs) The flush to Monument's back. We're all good. But now we come to the end of the episode, and, you know, you and me, you know, we go out, we do a job, you want to get paid, you want some recompense. And when it comes to John Rambo, this is why he's a, a different breed. Some would say a better breed. A little long, but I think it helps to understand the John Rambo character. Guess I owe Rambo an apology. Maybe even a medal.
4: Hmm, I suppose so. Uh, Rambo, I. Uh... Forget it, General. Recovering the monument to the father of our country is reward enough.
2: That's it. That's how it is. <laughs> just doing the job, you know, that's oh, man. work a day life. That's John Rambo for you.
3: It's just a fantastic show. I I, I would watch every single ep- episode of this.
2: I would die for Rambo for the force of freedom.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, I would like leave my family and job for, for force of freedom. <laughs> this is so good.
2: So that is Rambo part two, the force of freedom. Would you show this to a child, and why would you show it to a child? Chilling. Dave, damn
0: it. I wouldn't seek it out for a child.
2: Boo, wrong answer. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Incorrect.
0: I don't like answering questions. Would I show it to a child? Yes, realistically, would I? and I would laugh through the whole thing, and then when they were asking questions, I would have answers that didn't make any sense for a child. Dave?
3: Yeah. I would show this to a kid and be like, look, this is the definition of irony. Enjoy.
2: <laughs> I would, because it's, but from a completely separate point of view. The opposite of irony. Kids, this is what America is and should be. <laughs> Don't let these liberal fat cats tell you how to live your life. Defend freedom. Defend our country's liberties, etc., etc. And let's go with one to five spectacular magic tricks.
0: I would give it five spectacular magic tricks. The script is surprisingly airtight, kind of like when you rewatch the Frank Sinatra version of Guys and Dolls, and every time that they use a word, they've already defined it for you. It is tight. That's what I was thinking,
3: too. A-F. I was like, man, this is just like Guys and Dolls. It's
0: uh, tighter than
2: Buddy Holly's ass.
0: The jokes are not intentional and delightful. The voice acting is wooden as fuck, and yeah. I'm in. I'm all in. Five stars.
2: Dave?
3: Eight out of five, and those eight are the muscles of his abs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's a 13, and those 13 are the stripes on the American flag, which I'll defend to the death. This is an amazing cartoon. I think I've referred to maybe GoBots in the past. GoBots as quintessential ideal of Saturday morning cartoons, but Rambo's right up there. Checks the boxes of things that should not exist based on their source material, Mm -hmm. things that are just so patently ridiculous that they kind of engage you, and things that just, I don't know, there's there's an X factor about Rambo the Force of Freedom that I just, I have trouble wrapping my head around, but it's a beautiful thing.
3: There's something about watching this. There's two cars, and they're heading toward each other, or maybe two motorcycles, and Tom Cruise is on one, and Doug Ray Scott's on the other. (laughs) <laughs> racing toward each other. And they're going to crash, sure. right? But this cartoon never crashes. These this, this cartoon, these two motorcycles, never crash. That's what this is. It's like you're just waiting for it to explode and implode in, in, in on itself, and it doesn't. And it doesn't. I think that's where the magic is with the show.
2: And the doves are constantly flying, and that's
1: beautiful thing. And the eagle, eagle flies. Yeah,
3: and John Woo's like shooting fruit carts or something. Mm-hmm, exactly.
2: So, For tonight's game, it's not necessarily Rambo-inspired, per se, but I thought a lot about Rambo and a multinational organization, and I was thinking about just this big old world we live in, you know? It's easier than ever today to translate with other cultures, speak other languages, do different things. So tonight we're going to play a game that the original title was the super fun, good time cartoon synopsis translation game alternatively it ended up with how fun sports are is the opposite of the humor of sports fans and what i've done is i've taken some cartoon main characters and some plots and i ran them through google translate a bunch of times cyrillic chinese hungarian all all the hits and it came back a little different than i expected so what we're going to do here is you're both going to play every round I'm going to tell you if we're talking about a main character of a cartoon or a show, and if it's a live action show, I'll be sure to mention it. You're both going to play. You're both going to guess. I'm going to read you the translation. If you get it right on the first try, that's four points. If neither of you gets it, I'll start giving clues. Okay? Three points, two points, down to one point. Make sense?
0: Makes sense to me, then. Let's
2: get into it. I think so. Oh, I should note as well. These are all shows that we have discussed on our show. So think of our rich library there will be no wild cards. These are all things that we have previously spoken about, so this should be a cinch. First round here is a main character. A title character, perhaps. The boy was idolized except for his ability to speak intelligently. Blank is brave and the only equipment, but his actions infuriate him. But despite this, Blank still cares about his friends and the people he meets. The sentence, Bleach! And she kept crying whenever there was a problem. <laughs> Initial guesses.
3: Johnny Quest.
2: Okay.
0: Dennis the Menace.
2: Both incorrect. The three-point clue here, so you can get this for three points, goes on adventures with a robot pal.
0: Is it Fantastic Max?
2: Okay. What's your guess? Dave, what's your guess?
3: That was also my guess.
2: You're both correct. It is, in fact, Fantastic yes! Max. <laughs>
0: Three points. High five,
2: Dave. Dirty diapers at some point through the journey turned into
0: bleach.
3: (laughs) Delightful. Did you run the the theme song? (laughs) No, no.
2: The one point clue was, and that safety pin. So hopefully you would have (laughs) won at that
3: point. Four ply diapers just remained four ply diapers no matter how many languages I ran it.
2: Eternally. This is the plot of a cartoon a series of four masters, a Nanian writer, blank, and the weaker mascot cast out evil spirits, visions, ghosts, and ghosts in New York and elsewhere.
3: I follow the light.
0: It's the real Ghostbusters. Okay.
3: Yeah, the real Ghostbusters. You
2: are both correct on that one. It is in fact the real Ghostbusters. I
0: think it's horseshit that I knew it and Dave copied me. Just for the record.
2: That's how the game works.
0: Yeah, I understand the rules. That's I'm just saying. Works. Let me answer first next time.
2: <laughs> yeah, so just jump in, Shalen, huh?
0: But I knew I was right, That's what and I didn't to Buddy consider Holly. That's
2: how they killed him. All right, this is a title character. Okay. Go for a cinnamon right now. <laughs> I don't think this one's too hard, but, you know, you guys might disagree. The son of billionaire philanthropist Blank was killed in a street attack by his parents Blank when he was eight or 8. This incident disappointed and terrified him for the rest of his life. This allowed Blank to take care of his maid Blank, and he fears the next few years of his life. He decides to use his law to fight the city's wave of crime and promises to use his own education to fight and retaliate against the crimes of his parents, kill and use his pain and suffering to encourage him to do good. At the same time, follow the code of ethics. Aliens are almost spiritually frightened and wear Blank. <laughs>
3: Is Batman the Animated Series? Okay.
0: Batman.
2: That, that is correct. I was going to take this off, and then I read it and went, wait a minute. They just reverse the entire plot somehow? So Bruce is, in fact, killed by his parents. And,
1: and then, then he, he comes avenges. back to avenge
2: the crimes of his parents. It's like yeah, a, the the a crow. The crimes of his parents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. All right. Moving on here. This is another plot. This is a plot. Blank, Blank's wife, sons, and their family have moved. Like the movie, Roland's Time Trial is renewed and rebuilt after the third season. But you can go somewhere else. Figure number 3 is space and time. The main thing can be repeated from time to time. Starring blank and blank, but the show focuses on McFerris, not past events. The villain reappears in the nose and returns to the picture yesterday or next. Unlike movies in and around the Valley of the Gods, characters travel to other lands. Doctor at the end of each party. Chocolate test table. It is believed that Naftanen marks his first season and blank talks about life at Christmas. (laughs) So that's a plot
0: of a cartoon.
3: Is this Back to the Future, the animated series? Okay. Or whatever the cartoon was called. Okay.
2: Shailen? Bill and Ted. It is Back to the Future.
0: <laughs> yes! I, I thought yes! it was Back to the Future because of the, the number of people in the family, but then I thought it would be fun if they actually counted Bill and Ted twice.
2: Nope, nope. It's, uh, they, they made tannins into like wine tannins at different points. <laughs> and it does mention Tobias <laughs> W. Wilson talking about life at Christmas. I'm not exactly sure where that came from, but...
3: Hmm. Who is there Mick Ferris? Go.
2: McFly. It didn't always change McFly, Uh, it did just change it that one time. So, Google Translate, not a perfect thing. So, Dave, you're currently up by a score of 15 to 11, but as we see, the points are coming fast and furious here. Mm -hmm. Speaking of fast and furious, here's a character that embodies that notion. From the street, he can often be seen meeting Schultz, the manager of a local fish shop called Hiku Rihu Fish Market. Cold translated and generally caused problems with local cleaners, usually cheating her or dropping two bottles, informs a dog owner in the affected area where a dog has been bitten, trying to annoy a brass fisherman, and a cat follows. His friend is a white cat named Sonia, but he hates another crazy woman. Sonia's owner, Herb Jabronsky, thinks he is Hiskurihu's problem, especially when he takes Sonia home late, but his wife considers Hiskurihu to be Sonia's sincere love and treats her like a cat. We treat her like a queen, and passion is often expressed for an unforgettable husband. (laughs) Sonia is a perfect gift and we love it, but Miss Zabronsky doesn't send such subtle signals to the hub, and the hub doesn't take them seriously. His relationship with Musket, the owner of the house he lives in, is also
3: particularly difficult. Heathcliff. Okay. I I was also going to say Heathcliff. (laughs) It is in fact (laughs) Heathcliff.
0: You treat him as a cat.
3: (laughs) his love son
0: <laughs> a perfect husband now
3: this of
2: this is the plot to a cartoon this pays tribute to blank who reads art history as a hobby one of his students the Guku tribe a tribe founded by a distant man expelled him and the rebels who were to attack and become the leader of that tribes expelled him that seventh day adventist teachers will prevent you from committing crimes against you Femin left her hometown of Japan and lived in New York, where she lived as her only friend. At the same time, he became an army commander who defeated blank and turned him into a government team. After a while, Joshua made four pigeons, but the young pigeons were not thrown away. (laughs) One day he came from a studio and saw a great blank. As a result, the blank that he saw recently became a human, and blank, who still connects the drainage ditch, became a human body calling the blank fragmentation. He raised four pigeons as kings and taught dwarf techniques.
0: <laughs> is it Captain Planet? Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is Teenage Mutant yes!
3: Ninja Turtles. Yes! <laughs> ah, oh, damn it.
0: He raised four pigeons, Dave. It was the art history studying that got me.
3: The drainage thing? <laughs> it was the sewer. Yeah, I was like thinking pollution.
0: And April O'Neil went to the city.
2: Oh, man. All right. So we got a tie score here. We got two rounds left. We have a character, a title character, and a plot. Do you guys want the plot or the title character first? It's up to you. This is think strategically here.
0: We just did plot, so why don't we follow the. You want the
2: character? All right. I will tell you guys this is a character from a live action show. Okay. Think about it. Put that in your head. Might narrow the field a bit. Comedian, actor, and actress they make and deliver big toys and put people's heads in small bags to bring them to life. He was the first artist and it didn't do very well. A comedian who worked for a long time in the comic vibe series, catch a rising star appears in the comedy cellar. Meanwhile at the puppet show rocking performed in a spectacular show with Rocco Tony. Would you like the three point clip? Um, It's,
3: Fuck, it, California dreams.
2: It's Wienerville. It's
0: Wienerville. <laughs> no! <laughs> he worked for a long time, and he had puppets in their heads in bags.
2: Let me give you the, the clues here. The, I the, know. The, the clues might have helped. Three-point clue. Not successful, possibly homeless. The two-point clue. <laughs> Dora the Explorer. The one-point clue. Bony.
0: Because <laughs> Boney was the rock something-something, right?
2: Uh Yeah, uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what it actually said. All right. One round left. Everything up for grabs. This is a plot. Here we go. Action takes place in the world of ether, magic, mythology, and psychology. The leader defeats the protagonist. As for the sky, Blank's youngest son is Blank. He established her captain's power with the queen. Grace is the power of the brain. Through the great power, Harmon became the most powerful of all the struggles between the sailor and the cat, just like Arjuna is needed. There are trallinger, witches, terra, young people, their fathers, and use their skills to bear bones in Italy. The main goal of the war to conquer Glazer call Ars was to unlock the mysteries. If he gains his own power alone, a truly stronger power, according to God's command. <laughs> It must continue, <laughs> no matter what the universe of Athens is. <laughs> what cartoon is
0: that? It's like Captain Planet. Okay, Shayla it's Captain Planet.
3: It's a He-Man. It is the He-Man universe.
2: masters of the <laughs> universe. I didn't want to get too obvious here. He-Man is called Hyman at various points. <laughs> I, th-
3: I think you said Har- Harman, Harman is Harman. in there. Hyman is, is it in there. Harman, yeah,
2: it's quite a thing. So you guys might be shocked to hear it. This game ends in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A total drop.
0: High five, Dave. Uh,
2: I have no tiebreaker. Uh, we need a
0: tiebreaker. We we both did great.
2: I have no tiebreaker. So it is written. So it must be done.
0: You know, it's as it states in the city of Athens. If,
2: if you gain your own power, a truly stronger <laughs> power, according to God's command, it must continue. Take that away from the listeners here.
3: I have the Bible.
2: Onto the mailbag. Different kind of email this week. This is our friend Nick Segura. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Hey, WatchBots. Are you aware of this educational video featuring Mr. T rapping about his mother, doing the robot, and giving personal advice to kids? I think it might be up your alley. I hope you like it, Nick. Now, I've heard Mr. T speak at length about his mother.
0: hmm
2: I will say, I do not know this. I'm looking at YouTube here. It's called Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool. It appears new edition is involved. Have either of you heard Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool?
0: If I have, I don't know it. Okay. I feel
3: like our uh, long-time listeners sometimes guess so. Mm-hmm. Emily has brought this up to us. She loves Mr. T. This must have
2: come up. <laughs> it must have come up at some point.
3: But I feel like the thing you're about to play, I will. It, it will feel like I've seen it for the first time.
2: Even if I am, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> and thank you, Nick. This is this is good. When I clicked on this and I saw Mr. T rap, I was thinking, oh, this must be like a three minute song. The runtime on this YouTube video is 51 minutes what? and 38 <laughs> seconds. Oh, so we're man. not going to get through the whole thing today. Let's do.
3: It's like a trapped in the closet. <laughs> a epic.
2: little famous scan and scrub. See what we get here. I'll describe what's on screen for the listeners because nobody can paint picture words like I can paint picture words. Young Mr. T. Title card, still Young Mr. T. It's starring Mr. T. Valerie Landsberg is in it. <laughs> That's his new edition. Do you, do you like this this beat? I'm I t- do. I can drop some rhymes to this beat. All right, let's move ahead a little bit. A
4: blast a Gloria Vanderbilt wear clothes with your name on it no of course not so you table the label and wear your own name
2: is it's supposed to be a rap because he's speaking over it is that what we're understanding here uh now we have two ladies doing a sexy dance they're from Zena and Zena from san like a
3: spoken word piece
2: kind of seems that way
0: the imagery is very strange. Just
2: saying, I've seen a lot of porn videos that start this particular way.
3: It's like the Lars von Trier not the, song. No, it's the Lars von Trier song. <laughs> no, the Buzzwoman song. The the ball, the buzz song.
2: <laughs> well, you know, Nick, I think we may have to come back and revisit this. Maybe it'll be a month-long series. I don't know. There seems like there's a lot going on here. It, it's Mr. Maybe T. Maybe
3: do a whole episode dedicated to it.
2: <laughs> 51 minutes is a lot of clips to pull. I got a lot of work to do. You know what I mean?
3: Christmas is approaching.
2: Christmas is approaching. And what better way to spend the holidays than with Mr. T, but we'll get there. But yeah, keep sending those suggestions in. If it's a weird <laughs> bullshit thing on the internet, chances are I'm gonna like it. Email at watchbotspod.com. And Shailen, you didn't even have to answer a question this week, or should I say a non-answer? It's true. Oh, you know what though? We did get a second email and I just I'm gonna have to oh, take I'm gonna yeah, have to dig through yeah. the bottom here real quick. <laughs> Oh, oh, I found it.
3: Man, you're sifting through all those Oh, layers. How did I get there?
2: Dear Shalen, can you tell me what the best cinnamon bun in Iowa is? Sincerely yours, <laughs> Peggy Sue.
3: It's so weird. That's so
0: the timing is That's crazy. crazy. I'm offended that you won't let this go.
2: How many layers was the cinnamon bun?
0: I didn't count the layers. There was a lot of cinnamon and a lot of fucking butter, and it was delicious. Oh,
2: fucking butter. <laughs> That's the best guy. <laughs>
0: It was like 2002 or 2003, and I can still remember how delicious it was. So that tells you something.
3: I only use fucking butter on leggy soup, not peggy
1: soup.
2: <laughs> you know, boy, I'm going to get real weird here.
0: Yeah. Going to get that way. So
2: there's a term in uh, the marijuana culture. It's keef, right? And it's like the purest dust of the cannabis, and it's, re- it's really concentrated. You can do stuff with it. Do you know what they call fucking butter? No. It's self name, Queef. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> you could play this back in divorce court.
2: <laughs> and they'll say that motherfucker's right.
3: <laughs> the, the, the judge would be like, that's hilarious. That's a million dollar idea. You, you get no money, ma'am. Why are you
2: wasting your time on this two-bit podcast when you could be marketing fuck butter <laughs> called <cream? laughs> And I would say, you know what? Love of the game. That's why.
3: Found a Wegmans dairy aisle. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fuck it's butter. It's artisan fuck butter. Right next to the quim cream. <laughs> well,
2: that's... Uh, we, got, that's written in there. we got
0: real yeah, blue there. Thing. That's not real blue. I can't believe it's not real blue.
2: I can't believe it's not fuck butter.
1: Blue velvet.
2: Anyway. um, That's another episode. We've reached the end. Will we come back to Rambo in a couple weeks? Who's to say? It's not a non-zero chance.
0: Seems possible. Could be.
2: Someday we're going to talk about Savage Stealing Freedom Dancer and the lengths Rambo gets to to get that horse back.
0: The horse's name is Freedom Dancer? Yes,
2: that's correct. The Freedom Dancer is also owned by an English gentleman that
3: Freedom Dancer in my hand,
0: (laughs) Blue jean pony.
4: (laughs) Red-blooded American.
2: Pony in blue jeans,
0: yeah. Anyway,
2: any final thoughts on, boy, I don't know, the wide range of topics we've discovered today? Shailen, any more Iowa memories you want to share? No. Was John Denver's head at the crash site?
0: No, because that happened in a different set of mountains. Okay. The crash for the day the music died was in a cornfield. Okay. Just saying. Mm-hmm. That was the trip where I requested French toast for breakfast and the girl said, they give you
1: a I'm uh-huh. so
0: sorry. I can't understand your accents. And it was the most Midwestern thing I'd ever heard.
2: Oh, that, that was your Midwestern yeah, accent. Yeah.
3: You you dropped every R because you're from Boston, so you're like, French toast?
0: No, I literally just (laughs) asked for French toast, and she was like, oh, the toast. And I was like, that's not how you say that word.
3: Toast.
2: We're really losing uh, listeners in the Rust Belt, and I'm sorry for that. Just know this is Shailon. This
0: isn't me. I'm harboring guilt over it. I'm not making fun of it. I feel bad that I made her feel sad.
2: She's winking the whole time.
0: I'm not winking. Take that back. (gasps) How dare you?
3: Shit now you're flipping off the camera. I'm mad at both That's of you.
0: Terrible. Podcast Shit. over.
2: Screaming. You know, listeners, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and and Jiffy and you know Midwest Twitter, Midwest Facebook. I don't know if it's different out there. Shalen seems to think it is. Probably. For Dave and for Rust Belt the hater Shalen. this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And I think to take us out of here. Shaylin, I would love to hear you sing the complete Don McLean "American
3: Pie"
2: <laughs> in the voice of.
0: I can't uh, do it in Ram- the voice. Rambo of, cartoon. Rambo. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, you can. I can't do it.
3: Alternatively, you could do a Midwest. I
0: don't. I don't have Neil Ross's voice or intonation. I don't know who Neil Ross is. I'm He's the voice of John Rainbow.
3: Oh, Neil deGrasse, the the oh. star of deGrasse, the Next Generation. <sighs> My my, this American pie—it's free.
2: <laughs> no masks on me. That's the way liberty died. <laughs> All right, Chilling. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Nine minutes, folks.
0: Long, long time ago. <laughs> I can still remember how that music. Used to make, make me, me a Brooklyn smile. slice. <laughs> and I knew if I had my chance, I could make that Liberty dance. And <laughs> maybe we'd be happy for a while.
3: Little William Shatner in there.
0: <laughs> February made me shiver. I can't do it. Taxi <laughs> <Every> cab,
3: <laughs> I deliver.
2: Bad news on the doorstep. Liberty
0: couldn't take one more step. <laughs> Can't remember if I cried when I read about how this fucking podcast ended tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when I read about how the joke died, something inside me wanted to die. The day
0: Ben made Shailen butter, cry. <laughs> <queef> butter. <laughs> Good night.
3: Bye bye, this hip podcaster guy. <laughs>
2: Put liberty in a Chevy and put a boot in your ass.
3: You chopped up a snake and said, don't tread on me. Or I'll crack that bell called liberty.
1: Don.